0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, It's good to be with you today. For those of you that I haven't met before, my name is Daniel, and I am the pastor here. Uh, It's good to be in worship together today. Uh, Well, I have been a pastor for about eight years now, and I worked in the church for a couple years before that, and I've been in church for basically my whole life. And in all my time in the church, there's this dynamic that I've noticed in just about every church that I've been a part of. And that is that people in the church have a whole lot of questions, uh, questions about God, questions about theology, questions about the Bible, uh, questions about Christian ethics. People in the church have a whole lot of questions, but people in the church are often kind of reluctant to actually voice their questions at church. And there's a number of reasons for this. I think for a lot of people who, like me, have been in church their whole life, a lot of times they're kind of embarrassed to ask their questions because they feel like they should probably already know the answer and they don't want to admit that they don't know the answer and so they just don't ask their question. I think for folks who are newer to the church, and some of you fall into this category yourselves, sometimes the belief is that, well, everyone else already knows the answer to this question and so, you know, I don't want to ask it because I'm kind of embarrassed that I don't know. For other questions, uh, sometimes they're, they're kind of controversial. And so people in the church don't really want to ask the, the question that they have because they don't want to provoke an argument or they don't want to offend someone. I think in other cases, sometimes the questions of faith that, that many of us have, uh, we're, we're afraid that maybe there's not uh, a clear answer or not a satisfactory answer to our question. And, and we're kind of afraid of that. And so uh, maybe we just choose to, to not voice that question at all. Uh, there's this dynamic in the church where people have a lot of questions, um, but for many of these questions, we're not always sure how to ask them, when to ask them. We don't always feel comfortable asking them in church, and yet a lot of these questions are about big, important things. Uh, So for that reason, uh, I wanted to do this sermon series where we would address some of the more common questions that I think people in the church have but but don't always know when to ask or or how to ask. Uh, So we're calling this new sermon series, Asking for a Friend, Asking for a Friend. And over the next four weeks, uh, we're going to think about some some big questions together uh, like these. Um, How do we interpret what the Bible has to say about LGBT plus inclusion. Uh, we'll think about things like, how do we figure out what is and, and what isn't the, the will of God? How do we determine that? Um, how, as Christians, do we think about uh, people of other faiths? What's our relationship to people of other faiths? Uh, today, we're going to talk about the question of, how exactly do we reconcile faith with science? Um, so each of these are, are big questions. Each of these are questions that I think many of you have probably wondered. Some of you have asked me in private about these things, so I hope that this series is going to be uh, helpful. I hope it's going to provide some uh, good guidance for us and at the very least just some, uh, some good food for thought. Now before we actually dig into to all of this, uh, I want to just lift up a few caveats for us. Um, let's just acknowledge up front here that each one of these topics is massive I mean there are like entire libraries full of books uh, on each of these topics and I have about 20 minutes uh, ish for, for each of these sermons so uh, that said we're really only going to be able to, to scratch the surface of, of these questions in this series um, I'm sure that throughout the course of this sermon series at times I won't say something that you wish I would say about a particular topic uh, there may be times when I do say something you wish I wouldn't say about a particular topic but uh, I hope that as we move through this, I can count on you giving me uh, some grace, Um, even if I may say something that that you disagree with, uh, because really the most important thing I I want you to know about this sermon series is that these sermons are not meant to be the final word uh, on these topics. I am well aware that there's a a whole lot of people who are a whole lot smarter than me that come down on all different kinds of places uh, in regard to to these questions. So really the the purpose of this is to start a conversation and, and to try to frame a conversation Uh, for us about each of these uh, topics. And that said, I would encourage you, if you have follow-up questions for me after any of these sermons, uh, reach out to me. I'm I'm happy to continue the conversation in that way. Uh, For all of you, I would encourage you to talk about this stuff with with your family and your friends uh, over the course of these weeks. Ask them what they thought of the sermon and how they think about these questions. Certainly those of you that are in small groups, you'll have the opportunity to uh, chat and and further reflect with your your fellow group members uh, as we move through this. So uh, all that to say. I'm I'm excited about this series and I hope that this proves helpful for us. Now for this morning, uh, our scripture is from Genesis chapter 1 and uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5 and then we'll fast forward and look at verses 26 uh, through 31. So this is what it says. Uh, These are the very opening words of the Bible, in fact. Uh, It says, when God began to create the heavens and the earth, The earth was without shape or form, and it was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept across the waters. And God said, let there be light. And so light appeared, and God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And we're going to fast forward uh, in the story here, jumping down to verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us, so they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them male and female. God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it, take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. And then God said, I now give you all the plants on earth that yield seeds, and all the trees whose fruit produces seeds within it, these will be your food. And to all wildlife, to all birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. And God saw everything... That he had made, and it was supremely good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Uh, Thanks be to God. Well, uh, as I said, uh, the the big question that we're gonna try to tackle together uh, this morning is about the relationship between faith and science. I know this is something that that many of you have wondered about. Uh, Is there a conflict there? Are faith and science ultimately incompatible? When it comes down to it, do we have to make a choice between the one or the other? Uh, There are some, certainly not all, but there are certainly some uh, within the scientific community who would say yes, Uh, Faith and science are incompatible. They would say that the best way for us to know the truth about this universe, the best way for us to know the truth about our place as humans within the universe is through science alone, they would say. In in their perspective, uh, faith is at best superfluous Right? And, and at worst, uh, faith just muddies the water in, in our search for truth. Um, I had several professors in college that I think held to, to this way of, of thinking. Uh, maybe some of you have uh, relatives who, who hold to this way of thinking, or you know others who, who think this way. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, um, there are some within the religious community, uh, particularly like fundamentalist Christians, uh, for example, who would actually agree with this conclusion. They would agree that faith and science are incompatible because in their view, they would say that the way to know the truth about this universe and the way to know the truth about our place within it is through faith alone. And in the case of of like fundamentalist Christians, they would say more specifically through the Bible alone. And in their view, science and this whole attempt to try to understand the world apart from faith, uh, they they think we should view that whole project with some pretty deep skepticism. And certainly when, uh, when, when scientific findings conflict with what the Bible says, they would say, well, then we just need to reject science in those instances. Uh, I know some of us have relatives who hold to this way of thinking. Uh, Some of you may have grown up in churches or been part of churches in your past that that taught you to think about uh, science and and faith in, in this kind of a way. Now, I'm guessing that for most of us who are involved here at at Kindred Church, uh, we probably don't fall on either end of that spectrum, right? Like we don't want to completely reject faith, uh, of course, that's why we're listening to a sermon right now, Uh, but we also don't want to completely reject science either. And that leaves us with the question of, okay, well, well, how do we reconcile these two things? And maybe more specifically for us as as Christians, uh, how do we think about the relationship between science and uh, the Bible, which is such an important source of our faith. Uh, Now, as I said before... There are entire libraries that are filled with books on the, the relationship between science and, and faith. I've got about 15 minutes left here, uh, give, or, give or take. So what I just want to do for, for this morning and, and our purposes today is I want us to take a look at this passage that we just read a minute ago from Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this is the, the, one of the creation stories in the Bible. Um, and, and this is a story that has fueled the fire of certain people in the scientific community who who want to say, uh, who want to reject faith, right? And this same story has also fueled the fire of people in the religious community who want to reject science uh, as well. And and I want us to take a look at at this story, and I want to suggest that actually both sides of that debate, that both extremes there are actually missing the the real point of this story. I want us to explore how we can read this creation story, uh, honoring what science tells us, but still finding some really important truths here that we would never know just through science alone. So we'll unpack that uh, a little bit. And then after we after we do that, uh, I want us to see how that as Christians, uh, holding science and faith together can actually help us to, to live out our mission more faithfully in this world. And I'll, I'll say a word about that. And as we talk about this, um, I hope that uh, our, our exploration of this creation story this morning, uh, I hope that that'll be kind of like a case study that will guide us in thinking more broadly about uh, faith and, and science and, and their relationship. Uh, so all of that uh, being said, let, let's take a look at Genesis chapter 1 here. Um, as you heard, the story begins with this famous line, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, or in the translation that, uh, that, that we just read, it says, uh, when God began to create the, the heavens and the earth. And after that uh, we get this, this poem. It's this poem about how God goes about making the world, making the universe. We're told that you know God makes light and God makes darkness and God forms land. And then uh, God goes about creating all these different kinds of organisms, you know, fish in the sea and uh, animals and, and plants and, and all of this. And then finally, uh, as the, the grand finale, to cap it all off, we're told God makes us, God makes humans. And the story tells us that God makes humanity in God's own image. And the story further tells us that God has a purpose in creating us and that part of the the purpose that God has in creating us is that we human beings are are to be the ones who kinda help reflect God's love and care for the world. Um, So uh, as the poem describes all of this, uh, as, as most of you probably know, it frames all of this as taking place across six days. Right? And then on the seventh day, God rests, because apparently uh, creating an entire universe from scratch is, uh, is pretty exhausting. I even for God, that seems, seems understandable. Uh, well, there are some uh, within the scientific community who look at this creation story and they say, well, my goodness, you know, maybe 500 years ago, someone could actually believe this story. But they say now it's so obvious that this story is just not true they say look I mean, we, we have fossils that show how the world gradually developed to its current state over millions of years, right? And they say, we we now know that plants and and other animals uh, didn't just exist like days before humans came along, but they existed for millions of years before humans came along. So there are some within the scientific community who, who, who say clearly that this story is just not true. And they say, this is just a great example of how faith and science are incompatible. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are those within the faith community, like fundamentalist Christians, for example, uh, who look at this story, and, and they say, well, this story was written down for us so that we would have a, a detailed, literal account of of exactly how and exactly when God went about making the universe. Uh, And they would say, um, every word of this story is to be taken as literally true. And they would say, we really don't need science to weigh in on all of this because we trust what the Bible has to say over what human scientists have to say. Uh, And so, you know, in their perspective, uh, this just goes to show that faith and science are ultimately incompatible. What I want to suggest to us this morning is that both sides there are missing the real point of this story, that the the real purpose of this creation story is not to give us all the the scientific kinds of details of how God brought the world into existence. And the real purpose of this story is not to give us the the very literal order that everything happened, the the very literal timeline that everything happened. No, the, the real purpose of this story is not scientific, but it's theological. It's theological meaning that just like the the rest of the Bible, the whole Bible, uh, this story that the primary purpose is to teach us about God. It's to teach us about God. Who is God? Uh, What is God like? What is God's relationship? to this world? What is God's relationship to you and and to me? Uh, These are theological questions. These are questions of faith. And these are just the kind of questions that that science itself can't really help us with. This is beyond the scope uh, of science to to be able to, to answer. And so with that in mind, as people of faith, we can look at this story and say that, yeah, this is absolutely true. Now, that the details of this story may not be literally true in a scientific way, but that what this story is telling us about God is absolutely true. And this story is telling us things that we would never know through just science alone. I mean, for example, this story is telling us that this universe has a creator, meaning that it's not all just random and, and meaningless after all, but that, that God crafted the universe with care and, and with intention. Uh, this story is telling us that God affirms God's creation as good, right? That it, it's, it's good that this world exists, that, that you don't just exist and I don't just exist, but it's good that we exist from God's perspective. This story tells us that as human beings, uh, we are unique in that we are made in the image of of God. This story tells us, as I said before, that, that we human beings have a purpose in this world and that part of that purpose is to reflect God's love and, and God's care for the rest of the world. So, so by, by faith, we trust that what this story tells us about God is true. And none of those theological insights, none of those things that this story tells us about God, none of that is in conflict with science. Because as I said before, all of this is just beyond the scope of science. Uh, Science can't prove that any of those theological insights are true. Um, Science can't prove that any of those theological insights are not true. And so my, my point here is that theological truth... Uh, The kind of truth that the Bible is interested in giving us, uh, despite what, what some would have us believe, theological truth doesn't conflict with scientific truth. Theological truth doesn't conflict with scientific truth. I actually had a a whole section of the sermon that I was going to get into at this point where I was going to talk about miracles. And I was going to talk about how uh, even miracles don't inherently conflict with science. Um, and I was excited to share that with you because I think it's it's really interesting, but ultimately it made this sermon too long and it ended up being a, a rabbit trail that we can't run down uh, for today. So you can just trust me uh, or, or talk to me afterwards about this if you want to know more. Uh, but we can absolutely believe in science uh, and we can absolutely believe in miracles uh, at the same time. There, there's not an inherent conflict there. So again, we can we can talk about that more uh, offline if you're if you're interested in that. Uh, but theological truth doesn't conflict with science. And in fact, uh, what I want to suggest, is that not only do they not conflict, but that actually uh, faith and science are complementary. They're complementary. And that's because faith and science are answering different kinds of questions about this world for us. right? And so as we hold faith and science together, uh, that actually gives us a more complete understanding of this world. And by holding faith and science together, that gives us a a more complete understanding of, of our role within this world. And that should be really exciting to us as Christians, because if we have a more complete understanding of this world and and our role within it, that's going to help us to to better live out our mission. That's going to help us to better answer the calling that God has for us. I want to give you a a quick example of this, because I know this is a a bit abstract. So how is it that that holding faith and science together can help us to be more faithful to God's calling than, than we otherwise would be? Well, uh, one example that I think is super relevant to us right now is global warming, uh, global warming. Watch what happens here when we hold faith and science together as we think about global warming. Uh, first, let's consider what the science has to say about global warming. Well, uh, it's, it's pretty unanimous in the scientific community that global warming is happening. Um, it's unanimous that it's happening very fast, Uh, It's unanimous that that as a result, uh, there are a a lot of of major changes that are going on to our environment that already... Uh, This is affecting sea levels, right? Already this is affecting weather patterns and and ecosystems uh, that species, different kinds of species all around the world are being affected by global warming, including, uh, in some parts of the world, human beings are being threatened by the changes that are going on. Uh, and, And science tells us that if we want these changes and these threats to continue, well, we can absolutely keep doing what we're already doing. Uh, But if we want these changes and these threats to stop or to be reversed, then there are some really important things that we need to start doing differently, and we need to start doing those things differently as soon as possible. Now, it's important to note here that science itself can't tell us what we ought to do. About this right science tells us what is happening Uh, science can tell us what will happen based on different courses of action that that we might take Uh, but science itself can't tell us what we ought to do because what we ought to do is a moral question that's an ethical question and to answer moral and ethical questions we have to turn to sources beyond science itself we have to turn to sources like faith for example Uh, So, as Christians, let's think about it. What does our faith have to say about global warming? Well, um, there's a lot throughout the Bible that that would be relevant, but let's just take this passage that we've already been looking at in in Genesis chapter 1. This passage tells us that when we hear scientists talking about the environment, whether those individual scientists know it or not, or or whether they believe it or, uh, or not, from our perspective, when they talk about the environment, they're talking about God's good creation. Right? And, and when scientists uh, are talking about uh, plants and animals and, and other species that are being affected by global warming, uh, from our perspective as, as people of faith, they're talking about these good creatures of God. right? And when scientists talk about the effect of global warming on human beings, uh, both human beings that are alive right now and, and future generations of human beings, we as people of faith believe that you know, based on this passage, that they're talking about creatures of God who are created in God's own image. And this creation story tells us, as I said before, that our first calling as human beings is to reflect God's love and God's care for this world. And so, as a result, when we take what science tells us about global warming and we hold it together with what our faith tells us about God in this world and in our place within this world, then what we ought to do starts to become pretty clear it starts to become pretty clear that to allow global warming to continue would actually be sinful. I mean, to to allow global warming to continue and all the harm that's resulting, uh, that would be contrary to some of our most basic convictions as people Uh, of faith. And so when we hold faith and science together in this way, we can see that Christians should actually be doing everything that the scientists tell us to to stop global warming. And it's tragic that there are so many Christians who are dragging their feet on this, because clearly, I think, Christians of all people should be leading the charge on taking care of the world, right? We as Christians should should be leading the charge on taking care of of everything and, and everyone, in this world. Now, obviously, uh, global warming is is just one example, uh, but what I'm trying to show us here is that as a matter of faith, as a matter of faith, we Christians should be paying attention to science and holding science and faith together. Science doesn't threaten us, uh, science doesn't hurt us, but it actually helps us to be more faithful to God as we live out God's calling for us in this world. Uh, obviously, uh, so much more could be said uh, about uh, all of this, but uh, I'll end here with this, with this one final thought. Uh, as I worked on the sermon um, this week, I couldn't help but wonder uh, how would the reputation of Christians in this world change if other people saw more of us Christians embracing science as a way of living out our faith? Uh, How would other people see us Christians differently if they saw more of us Christians embracing science as a way of better loving this world that we live in. I'm guessing if more Christians were to take that approach, there would be a lot less people out there who feel hostility towards our faith, right? There would be a lot less people who feel this deep skepticism towards our faith, and there would probably be a lot more people who suddenly find themselves open to faith, perhaps even drawn to faith, if they saw more of us Christians using science to to embody love in the name of faith, I believe that that that's our calling. I believe that when we do that, it it makes us more faithful. And and when we do that well, uh, who knows how many more people might be drawn into Christian community? Uh, Who knows how many more people might be drawn into a relationship with God as a result? Some awesome things can happen. Some awesome things can happen when we hold faith and we hold science together. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious God, a creator God, a loving God, uh, as we consider the work of your hands, as we look around this uh, incredible, marvelous creation, uh, God, we are in awe of you. As we think about the the complexity, uh, the, the beauty uh, the, the order, the, the magnitude of this world and, and this universe, uh, God, it's, it's jaw-dropping for us. Uh, God, we, we thank you for the gift of science, uh, for the gift of our brains and this method that we've been able to develop as humans of, of better understanding the natural world that we live in. God, we're so grateful because that gives us so many opportunities uh, to, to help people and to serve people and to love people in the way that you've called us to do. Uh, God, we're also so thankful for the gift of faith God, we know that, that by science alone, we, we could never find you. We could, we could never uh, fully know uh, who you are and, and your love for us and, and your calling upon us. So we're so grateful that we do know that by faith, that, that through scripture, you've revealed to us your character and your heart and your calling for us. And, and what a gift, God, that, that we can study the natural world and, and we can study theology and the, the faith that you've given us and, and, and that you've revealed to us. We can hold them together so that we can have a more holistic view of ourselves, a more holistic view of this world, and as a result, we can better pursue the calling that you have placed uh, upon us. God, we ask your uh, guidance in doing that faithfully, and we pray that as we do that faithfully, that others would see, that others would be moved, that others would be drawn into community with us, that others would be curious and interested and and drawn ultimately into a relationship with you because we know that that that's really the reason that you've created each and every one of us. Uh, so we thank you for all of this, God. And we uh, pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, friends, for, for joining us today. As I said uh, at the beginning of the sermon, if you have follow-up questions or, or specific things that you want to talk more about in relation to, to faith and science, certainly uh, don't hesitate to, uh, to reach out to me. But I hope you all have a, a wonderful week, and may you go with the peace of Christ. Amen. listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website, as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.